everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ranma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 511. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ranma S. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigogami. And Ari is out tonight. Um, he's he's working a double, and we all know what it's like. You know, you gotta work hard, play hard, work hard, bill hard. You know. Hopefully, he'll be back next week, fully rested, and we and we can hear how he's been for the last few weeks because we miss him here on the show. So, <sighs> oh man, um, how is everybody doing tonight? Uh, just like any other night, I'm freaking tired. <laughs> We're gonna take over the world. Uh, sure. <laughs> awesome. With leader hosen. <laughs> I'm suddenly thinking of of trading places. I am Inga from Sweden, but Sweden, <laughs> but you're wearing later hosen. <laughs> and I am. Okay for the most part. So, yeah, all that good stuff. So, anywho, let's let's get the show rolling, shall we? And why is my... Wa okay, a friend of mine messaged me. I'll get back to her in just a bit. Anywho, uh, we are live tonight, week of August 17th, 2021, right here on Twitch TV. You can find us here live every Tuesday from 9.30 to 11 Eastern Daylight Time. And don't forget, uh, we are also part of the Voice of Geeks Network. You can find them at vognetwork.com. They also stream at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. And they kick things off on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. with the Bobby Blackwolf Show, followed by Orange Lounge Radio at 9. And then we come in on Tuesdays at 9.30 here at twitch.tv slash anime jam session. Let's see what else we have here. Ah, and don't forget, we have a Discord. So come hang out with us before, during, and after the show at uh, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Every show that's part of the Voice of Geeks Network has their own um, has their own channel. So come by, hang out, post some news, and if it's good, and most likely we'll use it on the show. And now that we got that out the way, and the neighbors are home from somewhere because I hear kids running back and forth, so that's kind of fun. And to be perfectly honest, I'd rather deal with the kids running back and forth than hearing them shoot fireworks out on the back porch. <laughs> <laughs> now we got that out the way. Wow. Did y'all hear that? <laughs> yeah, that sounded more like somebody knocking on your door. I know. It sound, you know what it sounded like? It sounded like somebody was rattling like the front, you know... Like the front frame door, like the frame door rattling it up against uh, the porch, you know? Mm -hmm. Ghosts. I think ghosts. I don't know, because all I know is when I started looking, I guess it was so loud, even Ichigo started looking around like, wait, what the hell? No, I was, I was playing into it. I was like, is it upstairs here? I just oh, thought it would be fun. Man. It's all good. So let's go around the room asking everyone, how was it? How was their day? Mako chan! Um, week was all right. Uh, went to a pool party on Saturday mm. and, um, holy crap, am I sore. 
Well, you were the one that, that did multiple shot, multiple attempts at jumping on the black swan and kept falling off. Yeah, I, I completely was flipping over this float that uh, my friends got for me and it, just flipping over it constantly. So by, you know, Sunday, my knees were shot and... <laughs> It's just, my arm still hurts, so yeah, it's been fun. Well, that's good. All I know is I just keep remembering from all I keep hearing from you going, nope, every time you jumped on <laughs> and the swan turned, I just heard I just heard you go, nope, and it just, boosh, get back up, jump on, nope, boosh. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're doing stuff like that, you can basically tell right away whether or not you're going to actually balance on the thing so as soon as i felt myself tipping i was just like nope this didn't work oh man and to refer back to what uh wild spice says in our chat here at twitch tv slash anime jam session they want to crash the show meaning the kids upstairs they absolutely cannot because my door is bolted and i don't think any of them is strong enough to open the door and, and, and rip that metal off and if by somehow by the grace of god that they do i think i have something here i could throw at their skulls knock them out <laughs> oh man ichigo how was your week how was your day <laughs> Ichigo. Hi, Ichigo. We can't hear you, Ichigo. <laughs> we can't hear you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it is a day. Let me tell you guys. I believe um, it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just back here doing bot stuff, so I completely like... No, I, 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 totally, I totally understand. I totally get it, so... I did hit the mute button. I hit it hard. I hit it harder than anybody. Mm. Y'all know. Um, mute button represent. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. It's been a week, I guess. Um, it has been a fairly productive week. We've been doing a lot in the stream and everything like that. So I've been doing a lot of work that way. Have a lot of commissions that I've been working on and off and um, uh, mm -hmm. getting excited for the end of summer. Because summer is a miserable... Um, season and uh it's way too damn hot i agree with the too damn hot because last few days it's been like over 80 degrees i'm like y'all gotta y'all gotta chill with this but at night it drops down to like anywhere between 74 and 78 and i'm just like i'm okay with this a couple of hours without the air conditioner on i'm okay with this so you okay know. Mm -hmm. so my weekend day it, it it's, it's pretty similar to Mako John's. We both went to a our, a pool party, hung out, had a good time. Even I made the attempt at jumping on the swan after saying, nope, F it. I'll jump up there. I know I'm not going to hit it, but I too went diving around, so... That was good times. Uh, we, we, we had a, a, a pyre going, and it was our usual ritual of burning of the excess stuff. And a few people on my Facebook that I told about it uh, needed some dedications done. So people who had who had shitty exes, we kind of dedicated stuff, threw it in the pyre, and let it burn. So Also, I discovered this week, 
actually part of last week how hard it is to find an Xbox One controller. So here's the thing. Uh, for the last, I'd say, maybe six months or so, the trigger button's starting to stick. What's the most sensible thing to do? Either you pop it open and you clean it, or you hit it with some WD-40. I hit it with some WD-40. And it was good! Till it started sticking again. I went to grab the WD-40. But you don't use WD-40 on stuff in the dark where your only light is the reflection off the TV. So here I am at 2.30 in the morning, spraying the triggers and not realizing that I shot more WD-40 into it than I normally should have. So now the trigger buttons work a little bit better, but my X and Y buttons are kind of slow on the uptake. So I'm just like, oh, playing games is going to be a little bit harder now. So I'm like, well, let me see if I can find a replacement Xbox One controller. Now you're probably thinking, well, why don't you get the new Xbox controller. Here's the thing. When I get my Series X, I'm giving my Xbox One to a friend, and I'd rather that they have the same controller to go with it in case they get rid of it or sell it or whatever. So, basically, I was a, I've was seen them. Original Xbox One controllers going as high, high as $110 retail. Whereas a tip, the new generation Xbox controllers are 65 bucks. I was able to find an original Xbox One controller renewed on Amazon for $65, and it should arrive by Thursday, and I'm kind of hoping it shows up tomorrow. So, And also, you know, during, you know, during the whole chaos and the fun stuff over the weekend, my, I, my Fitbit bit itself. So basically I am Rocky Mako-chan's old smartwatch until I, my new one shows up in like eight days. So I, we ended up going over to T-Mobile. I ordered a new, um, what did I get? I got the Galaxy Watch 4. So that should be here and I should be happy about that. So I go out and do my shopping and I come back. But before I left, I pull all of my stuff out of my bag and I grab my old Fitbit. I flip it around, it lights up with the Fitbit logo, which has been on the screen since Sunday. I come back. And I, and I just happen to put stuff down. And I just happen to move stuff on the bed. And guess what, Mako-chan? What? The Fitbit is working. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was... The, the, it, it's like... Three days out of out of time sync, but it's actually working. And I'm just like, can you believe this shit right here? So, once it's fully charged, I'm going to pawn it off on somebody on Facebook. Be like, five-year-old Fitbit Blaze. It's been through the ringer. It works. Twenty-five bucks. Get it off. Get it. Get, just get it out. Just get it out of my hands. You get. The original straps, two chargers, I just want it gone. So, that's it. Hopefully, some, somebody will buy it. I mean, maybe for 25 bucks, they'll get like another couple of years out of it before it actually falls apart. So, you know. And as Ron before 21 says, that's the way, oh, that's always the way. Buy new tech and the old tech decides to work again. Yep. And that reminds me of an interesting story. A friend of mine, he acts somehow... From improper care of his PC, his PC bit the dust. 
And that's basically what killed his machine. Dust. He didn't clean it as often as he should. So basically, his, I think his dad, his dad's friend came over to fix it, like take a look at it. And I'm asking him questions like this, this and that, because he wanted me to come over last weekend, which was this past weekend to come take a look. I'm like, dude, I'm out of town. So I'm giving him advice, like the simplest thing to do. He wants to just go AMD, rebuild everything. And I'm like, well, how much you got? About $500. Uh, yeah, that's not going to work. And I'm explaining to him for a while, you just need a replacement Intel board. That's all you need. Find that generation board, slap it in there, put everything on, and you're done. He says, well, why not go rebuild for AMD? I'm like, you're going to need a new chip, a new board, a new power supply. That's going to run you about $800 given the prices. And, he, and I'm like, well, you don't even know what generation Intel board you have. And he's like, I called the guy and he couldn't even tell me. He's like, I he couldn't he couldn't get all the he couldn't get the thermal paste off the chip to tell me what generation it was. I'm like, you mean to tell me the man had no alcohol? Rubbing alcohol gets all of it off, you know? Well, Bob, he didn't need new RAM. He's ha he has uh, 16 gigs DDR4. You know, he he was good with that. So I get a message from him uh, earlier on my way home. And he sends me a screenshot, you know, of his receipt. He didn't have an Intel PC. He has an AMD machine. So I'm like, dude, you don't... I'm going to point you to this simple $200 board. Put this in. Put everything else on. You're golden. So now he's trying to figure out, you know... He wants a board with onboard Wi-Fi. I'm like, well... And, I, and I'm finicky about certain brands. Like, I don't like Asus, you know. I, I like... Gigabyte is starting to be temperamental with me because I just happened to reboot my computer and all of the settings in the BIOS reset the factory default. I'm just like... And I realize... Yeah. And one thing in newer BIOSes, you can ch have settings change. You can change the settings and save it as a profile on the board. All four of my profiles were gone. Hell, when I flashed the BIOS on this board, I went in, made sure everything was set, saved a new profile, and went. So that makes absolutely no sense. But it's reset, it's set now. When I do my PC rebuild, I'm probably going to go ASRock like I originally planned. So, you know, that's everything that's been going on in our weeks and days. So, moving right along to housekeeping. Uh, don't forget, uh, epi every episode is available on YouTube Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern uh, Daylight Time. So if you happen to miss um, an episode from a few weeks back, you can find it on YouTube. Or, you know, if you don't want to deal with Twitch and watch a most recent episode, hit it up on YouTube. Uh, YouTube.com slash Anime Jam Session. Look for the playlist uh, Podcast VODs. Let's see what else we have here. Don't forget... Um, the VOG shop, um, the VOG, I actually call it the VOG Network Pro Shop. Go in, buy some merch, support uh, the Voice of Geeks Network at vognetwork.com slash shop. And don't forget uh, upcoming conventions. And I will say as a, basically, um, this is basically a tentative list. This, this list of conventions can change at any given time for various reasons, whether we can no longer attend or COVID restrictions or whatever. So 
Um, this is these are the list of conventions that we will be at um this and for the next this year going into next year. Uh, Puchicon August twenty eighth, another anime Puchicon in Atlantic City. Uh, another anime convention, I believe that's Howell, Massachusetts, October 22nd to the 24th. DerbyCon, uh, East Brunswick, New Jersey, October 29th to the 31st. The Unconventional, I think that's Somerset, New Jersey, and I believe that is November 12th to the 14th. Uh, anime NYC at the Jacobs K. Javits Center in New York City, November 19th to the 21st. And Zenkai Con in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, March 25th to 27th, 2022. I can say with confidence that uh, we will be, some of us will be at PoochieCon, Anime NYC, Zenkai Con, and AAC. Everything else is up in the air. We may just do it for one day. It just depends on how things go. And also, along with housekeeping, if you've noticed, I've kind of played around with the layout. It kind of looks more nicer, a little bit neater, more, more streamlined. I, I, I kind of like this. So let me know what you think. Uh, shoot us an email at podcast.animejamsession.com. If you like the new layout or, you know, once it goes up on our YouTube page, leave a comment. I'm always looking to make things a little bit better, a little bit more fun and all that good stuff. So. Next up is uh, Geek Roundtable. Uh, this is the part of the show where we talk about the geekier aspects of our week and some of the cool stuff that, we wanted, that we've done and we want to share. Um, what's that you got there, uh, Mako-chan? Uh, well, I said last week that I was going to show off uh, my custom pop figure. Mm -hmm. It is the one custom that I have so far. Um, and of course, I had to go with Supernatural as my starting point for my custom figure collection. Um, and then, of course, I had to go with uh, my boy, Gabriel, because he's my favorite character in the entire series. Mm. That's cool. So, yeah, so um, basically, they uh, I got this for Misty Figs on Etsy. Mm -hmm. um, they do a lot of different custom fig uh, figures for pop figures. Um, they're actually pretty decent quality. Um, and then as you can see, uh, you can actually pay a little bit extra and get the custom box to go with it. Um, but this one actually, I'm pretty sure is uh, one of the Sam figures mm -hmm. from Supernatural. Um, and then wings are put onto it. Um, just because I, I have the Sam figure as well, and basically it matches up. Uh, they just uh, went through and recolored everything, painted everything. Um, but the story on this is that I ordered this back in February. Mm -hmm. And it was supposed to take about five to eight weeks to um, basically do everything and then ship it out. Um, well, at the eight-week mark, it was shipped out, and then I didn't hear anything else about it. So about five weeks after that, I contacted the seller, and I'm like, uh, look, uh, I never got my stuff. And, you know, basically all it says in the system is that it's, you know, ready for pickup. So it doesn't even have that it's shipped out. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, oh, you know, that that happens. It probably got lost in the mail. Um, I have everything to make another one. I'll go ahead 
And once I'm done with the one that I'm working on now, I'll, you know, make you another one and get it shipped out. Okay. Cool. So never got another, another notice after that. Didn't get, you know, that it was being mailed to me or anything like that. Just happened to get in my mailbox that I had a package to go pick up. So I went to go pick it up and lo and behold, it was this. And there was a note inside of it that basically said, um, about a week after you contacted me, this showed up back at my door. It did get lost in the mail and completely damaged. The figure itself is fine, but I did have to create a new box for it. So here you go. That was awesome. So I like that's that's perfectly okay. The figure itself is per- perfectly fine. And, you know, the new box is, you know, a new box. So I'm just happy to have it. Because, you know, I waited so freaking long for it. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask, you know, how did you get it? How did you get this custom done? Because I first thought that, you know, Funko was doing like a limited run of like custom pops for people. But I- I'm kind of curious about getting a custom Ron Masatome Funko pop, you know? I would like there that. There are actually, question. there are quite a yeah. few people that do custom pops, yeah. whether it's custom characters like this or some of them, um, I actually watch the videos of them because they're just so interesting. Um, some of them take the pop figures that are actually out right now and customize them by putting um, decals and glitter and um, gems like in the same color that they already are. Or they will take the figure and um, basically spruce it up and mm-hmm. make it, um, I guess, like they'll put gloss on places to make it shiny um or they'll actually add you know whatever to to make it um stand out and custom right Um, but there's a whole scene for funko pops for these types of custom you know custom deals and some of them some some of them get very very out there and they add scenery to them and things like that um but you know, these, uh, the custom pops like this, uh, some of them, you, I mean, I just, I found this one on Etsy, um, just happened to be the only seller that was doing, uh, supernatural, mm. uh, custom pops, but they're all out there. They're on Etsy. They're on, um, like you can watch the videos on YouTube. There are places on Facebook to find people that are doing the custom pops. It's just a matter of when they, you have to look mm-hmm. at their quality um, because some of them are, you know, they're, they're not as, as I guess, quality as others. So you just have to look around. Gotcha. Okay. Do you want to drop your reputable shop that you worked with in the chat? I it's mean, I Misty think it's Fig. pretty Misty Fig. Okay. Yes. Um, is that Etsy or something? Yes. Etsy. Okay. I'll, I'll look that up for you guys in chat. So if you're looking for them, um, cause it, it I mean, that's awesome that they actually went through and um, replaced the box for you when they could have just sent it forward and been like claim insurance. Yeah. Um, yeah, I cannot find it right now, but we'll we'll find it and maybe post it up in the Discord or something. Sounds um, good. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, uh, at least the the one that I went through, Misty Fig. Um, it's M I S T Y F I G S. And they are, um, they're on Etsy 
and they had the different options. You could get just the base. You could get the base with the wings. You could get the box, um, or it would come in just like the regular plain plastic box with mm. no, you know, no special box like this. Um, so you can, you know, go through and um, look at uh, the shop stuff. This is the one that I went through, and again, you know, perfectly okay and. Um, because they're so busy, it does take a little bit for them to answer any questions. Um, but for the most part, they're very attentive. And, um, again, they, you know, ship this out with no issue, replace the box with no issue. Um, so yeah. That's and good. I'm very happy for my little boy now. <laughs> <laughs> and as Ronma421 says, I want two Ronmas, a cologne, a shampoo, and a Nabiki. And I'm like, where are the Ronma one-half Funko Pops? I mean, I wouldn't mind a Tenchi Muyo series. I think Funko needs to start jumping on some of the, cl- some of the popular classic animes and just and just get to it, you know? There's money to be made there. But just saying. Yes, for Ron Vorter, we've been robbed. Uh, Ichigo, what have you have to share for our Geek Roundtable this week? I actually have something today, and it may not be as exciting to some of you, but it may be exciting to those of us who are cosplayers and uh, tend to be the ones that our roommates would probably call us most, most, uh, pre- most prepared for the cosplay apocalypse. Let's just say that. So, mm-hmm. um... Anyone who knows me from my OG cosplaying days knows that I used to be the roommate who had a large fish and tackle box that I had repurposed basically into a like a an, a little bit of everything kit. So it would have my hot glue gun, it'd have extra bits of fabric, it'd have scissors, it'd have all my marking pencils, snaps, hooks, and eyes, all those things, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it had served it's it's been a long time been many years and um it's just a plano brand i think and they make a lot of they make a lot of plastic um vacuum formed vacuum sealed the um piece molded type plastic pieces Mm -hmm. and i was moving my studio around um and trying to get things more organized because i put a new shelf in here that was for all my patterns and stuff and i don't know what happened i think i might have knocked it against something but it caught at just the point that it cracked this particular piece from like here to here. And mm-hmm. because it's one of the supporting buckles, it was a situation where since the box wouldn't close, there is a chance that the other buckle would break under the pressure. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, I really love my box. This model is still made. Perchance, uh, you would take pity upon a poor cosplayer, and um, if you have these pieces, could you send me a replacement? Because I would really love to continue loving and using my box for all of its organizational properties. Well, cosplayers, never fear, because as you can tell, yes, they did replace it, and they sent me a new one, and it was really, really cool, and I am so happy. Um, so I have to just pop this back on, but I wanted to keep it separate because it, it they're very permanent. Um, and it just latches on and I'm very, very happy. I'll get to use my box for many more years. And it just makes me happy to know that Plano is a fairly reputable company 
that I can continue getting stuff from. That's good. So, yeah, it was really cool. It was kind of a nerdy thing, but, you know, I'm kind of happy that um, I'll be able to keep using something sustainably so that it's not, you know, going into a landfill or anything like that. Not that it would, but it's nice to have a company that is standing behind their product and going, oh, okay, so there was a fault in the, you know, in the buckle or, you know, it broke. Right. We'll replace it for you. It's kind of like uh, your jacket back in the day where you're having the issue with the zipper and they did that for you. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to see companies that will do that kind of stuff that still exist in today's society, especially because we have a lot of this issue with like throwaway culture. I mean, so, I mean on that, I mean, it cost me $30 to ship it, you know, to have over there for it to get done. I mean, you know, and on the same token, it's like, if you don't, if you remember a couple of years, about two, three years back, I had a creative labs 5.1 surround sound system. And one of the speaker, and I think the subwoofer died. I spent 50 bucks pack shipping it back to the company. Just so you know, I only paid fifty dollars because I got them the price because they price because Microsoft price matched them, and I'm just like thinking if I had known that I would have just spent the extra five bucks and got the extended warranty, then I could have just taken this all back to Micro Center and gotten a brand new 5.1 surround sound system because I was st stuck with Logitech's for about a year and a half. There's nothing wrong with the Logitech's. I'm just not a fan of their brand, as I have said countless times. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's that whole issue of paying for convenience. I know yeah. a lot of times there's a, a thing in tech. Well, and it might be this too, guys. When you're getting into technology and stuff like that, especially going through companies like Micro Center, Best Buy and stuff, if there is a warranty, check if the company has a good rep. Like I know on Amazon and every now and then on eBay, I think it's like, is it Square or share insurance or something like that for music. No, no, it, it's and... Square Trade and it's a yeah, they Square have, Trade and, and, and a Shurion. It depends on what it is. But yeah, I, that's I, right. I, yeah. So, like the same, I, like I like I said, the same thing happened when I got my new um, Klipsch two point ones. The subwoofer was basically dead in the dead in the box. I and I'm like, you know what? Let me con let me contact the manufacturer. I got nothing. I contacted Amazon. They shipped me another one, and then they just gave me um a label to slap on there to have it old one shipped back. You know, a prepaid label. You know, companies used to do that, but now they're cheap. But anywho, um, well, I, and yeah, just to touch on what Bonds is saying in chat. Yep, I have learned just to call or email a product manufacturer, and they will follow up with a replacement or extra parts, etc. And that's literally what I did. I just reached out. I was like, you know what? If I have to finagle it, I'm a cosplayer. Like, we do what we mm -hmm. have to. We are the resourceful of the resourceful, so I can figure it out. But if I can get a piece that is the molded piece already, perfect. See, and they yeah. did it. So, yay! And that's my nerdy thing for the day. Yeah, and, like, like there's a couple of times with my uh, Corsair, my old Corsair keyboard, like, they use laser etching for, for you know for the keycaps and it start and scratching and chipping away. They have replaced the keycaps plenty of times, you know, and they're just like, oh here, here you go. But um, so for my geek round table, I want to show off something to add, to add to my um, to my ever vast anime collection. Um, some people, some of you, if you haven't don't know already, uh, my favorite Sailor Senshi is Sailor Venus. So my friend D. I got me something nice for Christmas. I finally picked up because we didn't go hang out with her for the holidays and so forth. 
So, so I got this gift, and I'm just like, where did you guys find this? So, if you're wondering what it is, it is a Sailor Moon pillow. Throw pillow. And this is and this is on the back, and I'm looking at it, and I don't see like the Entertainment Earth logo. I'm just like, where did you guys find this? You know, I think this is something pretty cool. So now I have two Sailor Venus pillows in my collection, which will go nicely with the Nozomi Tojo pillow that I have, and I also have a Luigi towel from Nintendo from, Nin from the Nintendo World Tokyo store coming to me on a slow boat from Japan. Thank you United States Postal Service. So, yeah, that's been our geek roundtables. And now, before we get into tonight's articles, uh something that came across um our chat, some information from Ichigo asking me if I know if I knew anything about this anime magic convention and I'm like Annie Magic? Annie Magic's been shut down for years. She's like, no, Anime Magic. I'm just like, I have not heard about what's going on. She's like, and like, right right on target, you know, she pulls out the container, opens it up, which is her best tea. She's like, well, you know. And I'm just like, hold that thought. Save it for now, okay? I, I You tell us everything about this. I'm going to try to find some classical music to play in the background. Okay. So, uh, Anime Magic, uh, for those who don't know, is uh, touts itself as Chicagoland's premier leading anime convention in the Illinois area, held at the Brown Royal in. Sorry, I'm trying to make sure I have the hotel information. I had pulled it up, but um, held in the Clown oh, Clown Plaza O'Hare. That's what it's going to be called now. Anyway, um, Crown Plaza O'Hare. In on uh, North River Road over in Rosemont, Illinois. Now, mm -hmm. this is all alleged, but there is video evidence that this occurred. So take with that what you will. Um, and so Anime Magic went, ran this past weekend, and uh, from video and um, other forms of evidence that was shared on both Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and many other social media versions. Um, they incurred situation that was less than savory. Yeah, Clown Plaza. That was less than savory. Um, I'm going to share a Twitch stream that was done live by a streamer who was at the event um, of basically what occurred during the drag show portion of the convention itself. So during this particular event was held in a ballroom at the convention. Um, it was cut short by the hotel staff. Now, there is more of this story missing. We're not sure if the workers union just wanted to stop working at the hotel at midnight or if there was a miscommunication about the contract. We're not sure of all the stuff behind the scenes, but they decided to get um, the event to shut down in the middle of performances occurring. That's crazy. And call police uh, presence on that particular ballroom at the convention center. Now, many of you know that Chicago, Illinois does have a negative history when it comes to discrimination, not only against um, 
you know, racial discrimination, but also LGBTQIA community. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be part of what occurred here. Um, allegedly, there are stories in history with this particular hotel cracking down and not being a safe space for basically any minority, any oppressed peoples. So um, Anime Magic is still working behind the scenes, I think, with them to gather evidence and everything like that of contractual obligations being broken. Um, but you can definitely check out their Twitter for updates on their particular situation. And you can also check out their Facebook, which I am posting in the chat. Uh, and in general, it's pretty gnarly. And, You're telling um, me. It sucks because it seems like it, it um, from the situation as it appeared in the videos and the way that Anime Magic's handling it, that the hotel slash convention center was the aggressor in this instance. And so it wasn't a matter of the convention trying to do this at all. It was more so a situation where the convention was trying to put out a fire, um, but they were doing it in a way where they had angry people in front of them and they were trying to be diplomatic, but then could not please everyone. And it made it a lot more difficult. So that's what's going on in that area of the world. And as, if anybody wants to chime in. Well, as Dame Osnable says, it's the Clown Plaza. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, I know that that was a misspeak, but it, dang, it, 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 if, if they did not clown themselves. It, 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 the joke wrote itself, so. Yeah, Um. and yeah, just a trigger warning, like if you're not okay with stressful situations or, or situations of discrimination and or high stress slash high anxiety um the twitch stream might be something to avoid but you can definitely check out the um twitter and stuff like that they're a little lower key um but yeah if you are okay looking at that to see more about the details of the event alleged event all that other fun yeah. stuff you can definitely yeah. check it out yourself. I'll, I'll say this one thing and then we'll get into uh tonight's uh topics um According from what I've read, this happened because a breach of contract because the con went past midnight. Now, here's my thing. I strongly believe that the con realized this was happening and they spoke to the hotel. From my un also from my understanding, if you go past a certain time, you have to just pay an additional fees or penalty in regards to the contract. I don't I don't see anything in regards about, um, you know, the cops are going to come in, shut all the lights off, and drag everybody out. All the lawsuits that are coming through. That's all I'm going to say about that. Oh, uh, and it does look like that may have been the situation, because honestly, the, um, even on the website of the convention... In their online schedules, they literally list it only going until bit until midnight. Like there's nothing scheduled for past midnight, and this includes this just is all of the all of the uh, information that I can find. Let me see if it's Friday night, maybe. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, because the drag race started at 10 p.m. Right. and apparently was only supposed to go until midnight. So, 
I think the con may have been fibbing about it being only the hotel to try and save face. Maybe. But if you, that's another reason I said like this story is still developing. There's yep. still things like this. If you guys want to check this out for yourself, follow along, whatever, get involved with the drama. That's your own cup of tea. Hopefully, hopefully by, by hopefully by by so. by the end of the week, going into next week, there'll be like a regular article about everything, and we can discuss this more in detail. So yeah, but. Yeah, as far as that, I, I think we're good covering it and mm -hmm. just letting people know what's going on. Perfect. Thank you for that, um, Ichigo. And now that we got that out the way, let's get into tonight's news. And since, you know, I didn't realize Aria was going to be out, I'm going to rearrange things. But if, but if you could, Ichigo, could you please take the first story for me? Sure. Thank um, you. I do You're love doll. me some Astro Boy, so I definitely appreciate it. Um. Yeah, and but unfortunately, I'm sorry, guys. I'm apparently the Debbie Downer of the day um, with that first story, and now this one. Uh, if any of you have been Astro Boy fans, uh, as long as I have, and I'm sure there's many in our community, uh, American anime pioneer, Astro Boy anime producer Fred Ladd passed away at 94. Ladd was instrumental in introducing anime to North America, and American television film writer and producer and North American anime pioneer Fred Ladd, or Fred Ladderman, passed away from on August 3rd, and he was 94. Uh, he was instrumental in introducing the media in 1963 to North America. He re-edited and redubbed Tetsuo Adam anime based on Osamu Tezuka's manga into Astro Boy, and it was the first anime to air in North America. Mm -hmm. He also produced Gigantor, Iron Man 28, and Kimba, Kimba, the white I remember I remember Gigantor. I remember when Sci-Fi Channel used to air the original black and white series and the yes. and the color series came out like the late eighties, early nineties. Mm-hmm. And Jum Jungle Emperor Leo anime in the nineteen sixties. Lad was a creative consultant for Dick Entertainment's original English dub of Sailor Moon as well. So Moonies, mm -hmm. you've got him to thank. Sean Kleckner, co founder and CEO of the Right Stuff International, commented on Lad's passing. Brad Ladd was a true pioneer. His early work with Dr. Tezuka brought anime to North America, as well as popularized a budding industry in Japan. I think you could safely say, without his efforts, we wouldn't have anime as we do today. Mm -hmm. It was an honor to work with him and to restore and release these classic works over the years, and I know that it brought him great happiness to see them continue to be enjoyed by new generations of fans. Ladd was born in Toledo, Ohio in 1927, he graduated from Ohio State University in 1949 with degrees in radio and speech. Prior to his work on Astro Boy, Ladd re-edited and redubbed European cartoons into English. Ladd worked as a writer on animated shows including The Incredible Hulk, Mask, and Ghostbusters. Mask was my he shit also, back in the day. Yeah, he also wrote the book with Harvey Denneroff titled Astro Boy, an anime come to the Americas, the insider's view of the birth of a pop culture phenomenon. And I know I read that book as a kid. I don't know if anybody else. Did. No, this is I'm the sure first, I, first time I've heard of that book. Um, and uh, there have been added sources to the, to the article itself, but yeah, in general, that's, that's all the stuff going on with Astro Boy and Fred Ladd and um, you know, we we appreciate the work he did, and we we hope that uh, you know he finds a great place to rest in the anime heaven in the sky. Oh, he's probably chilling with the creator of Astro Boy. They're probably having a couple of mai tais talking about the good old days. 
And as Gnar Brick One says, I love Mask. Yes, I absolutely loved that cartoon. I kind of hope Hasbro reboots that. I think that would be kind of cool. All right, now I could tell you, late in the two thousands, you know, you had all these other conventions going on, and then those of you who know, like Wizard Magazine, started Wizard World. It was their conventions and people started calling wizard world the walmart of conventions because there were so many of them which kind of shrunk down and i remember when i think it was one year uh wizard world new york was the weekend after new york comic con and i remember another year where they were both the same weekend but it was like five, six, seven blocks away from each other. I'm just like, that's... Wow, you know? And we hadn't heard from Wizard World in a while. So, I figured, you know, they just probably shut down like the other conventions, just wait until things get back up. I just happened to look up some, like, see something about Fan Expo. They're basically a chain of, of comic conventions. Think of them as sort of like the Target of um of, of 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 comic conventions, you know, and there was something listed there. I'm just like, wait, isn't that a Wizard World convention or something like that? Or oh, I read something where it was like, for me, I'm just like, wait, what? So I did a little research, and it seems that basically Wizard World has base has basically sold all of their cons to Fan Expo. I'm just, I'm legitimately surprised, not shocked, but actually surprised. So basically, Wizard World, they used to have so many cons, now they're down to six. Philadelphia, New Orleans, Portland, St. Louis, and I believe Chicago. The ver I believe in October will be the final Wizard World Chicago convention before it becomes Fan Expo Chicago. So as per um, Fan Expo's... President Amon Gupta, he says, Fan Expo HQ is devoted to creating an unmissable, exceptional fan experiences. We're beyond thrilled to be able to offer that fan, offer that to fans in six new locations, and please, at Wizard World, recognize our ability to elevate guest experience to the next level. We're looking forward to getting to know each, know each of these individual communities, learn what they're looking, learn what they're looking for, and raise the bar. Now. On the plus side, you're like, hooray, more conventions for us to attend. The downside, you have one company basically running all these conventions identical to each other. And it's just, no. And I can see yeah, at, I... at first, it's going to, each of these cons are going to be slightly different. Then eventually, it's just going to be the same template over and over, except maybe the panels will be slightly different, this or that. Well, that, yeah, that is the Wizard World model, and always has been. That's why mm -hmm. they had, that's why they could scale to as many conventions as they had, because I think at their peak, they had, like, over 20 events, right? Or something right, yep. close to that. Mm -hmm. And and they had to pare down because of, was it bankruptcy scare? Or was it something to do with finances? I think I it was finances and stuff, because they had, they had so many. They weren't, they weren't as good. People had issues, like, these conventions aren't what they should be. They could be so much better, Yeah, well, because they were for-profit, basically. And yeah. I know that there were a lot of issues yeah. in different mm -hmm. circles of attendees for those events right. on top of, like celebrities not getting paid and all, like all this yeah. other stuff that happened See, during the events. 
Now, um, now, Questbuster says, I remember Wizard Magazine used to be on the shelves. It was like the monthly comic Bible. Yeah. And then they had, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was Inquest or Inquisition Magazine for the trading cards and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, they, they produced a lot of that stuff still. I, I so... would have liked it better if Fan Expo just kept the Wizard World name on these conventions and let it run the way they should, like that, with a little bit of input from Fan Expo. But I understand rebrand across the board you know i mean on top of it i mean Mm -hmm. considering that it was kind of a money drain for wizard yeah and the fact that it was giving them a lot of bad rep Mm -hmm. um i feel like they're trying to just wash their hands of it at this point and just give it to a company they think will handle it well Mm -hmm. um on top of that i mean it was a sale it was a business dealing so they're just looking to make money at the end of the day um so when it comes to that kind of thing, I mean, it is kind of scary that it is a monopoly style thing that's starting yeah. to happen. But I I highly doubt that the the way that they're going to be running the event is really going to change much from the, you know, for profit mm-hmm. model of scale it up, yeah. scale it back, specifically do it in a way that it can just be done over and over again and change it very slightly for the areas it's in. Um, I don't know much about Fan Expo because I've never attended their event. I've never attended a Fan Expo convention, but I've heard nothing but good things from the people that went. Now, me and Mako, we went to Denver Comic Con, and now that's mm. now Fan Expo Denver. I'm just mm. like, and there was drama with that. I think we may have covered that like a, a ways back, but, but yeah, I, I just kind of feel like, you know, I, I kind of feel like, you know, if I was to run a bunch of conventions, I would just keep them as is you know just just keep you know i would keep this the websites look identical but changes here and there to kind of reflect look just let it run as is sort of like a franchise per se but you know but as per the uh the article like i said uh wizard world chicago will happen but for the other um shows which is now fan expo new orleans portland's st louis um what was the other one philadelphia the dates on those have been de- are now to be determined. I'm going to assume they're going to probably want to rethink how they want to do the cons, get different dates and so forth. So we will see how this goes. But on the plus side, uh, Wizard World will continue to operate its collectibles business, um, Wizard World Vault, and they will have booth space at future Fan Expo events. So that's cool. Wouldn't be too surprising during the sale, their, their booth space was considered free. And I can tell you this right now, as I as somebody who worked with a company that would sell at cons, booth space in the dealer's hall of a comic convention, whoo, that's money. That's like $5,000 for premium spot. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're guaranteed a space with the fluctuation and inflation of pricing as tables have gone, especially because mm-hmm. the market is so saturated and so under, uh, like it, it is smaller than the amount of demand. I mean, you're going to basically be guaranteed to print money at any event you attend, mm-hmm. especially if you already have stock that you're not having to like, like an indie brand, you're not having to make it. You literally can just print it. And they have a ton of licenses that are already popular and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're going to do fine. Yep. Yep. Now, more conventions are, are, are canceling. Now, I have said for for the longest time that it's going to get to a point where the anime con bubble is going to burst. Because we're at a point where people are hosting anime cons in 
libraries, people's backyards, people's houses. I mean, I think we need to kind of slow down and roll it back a little. But Mako-chan will tell us, you know, what's going on with Psycho-Con, and things are slightly different from what I was expecting. Yeah, so uh, Psycho-Con canceled its 2021 event and all future events, except that the 2021 event uh, was for August 20th through 22nd. Whoops. And, um, yeah, so the con chair announced on August 6th that the event was canceled, originally scheduled for August 20th through the 22nd at the Mountain Laurel Resort and Spa in Whitehaven, Pennsylvania. Uh, it was explained that the convention did not have enough programming to move forward, mm. which not for nothing. You're in the middle of a pandemic. A lot of people are not comfortable going to conventions. So it was also stated that due to various difficulties that have made our operations face insurmountable blockades, there will be no psycho cons of, and no, no con events in the future. Uh, it was explained in the announcement that the other difficulties the convention faced in the last year, including shutdown of convention email for a few months and issues with being locked out of social media accounts. Um, uh, the con chair also stated he has no plans to continue any side projects connected to the convention that were in the planning stages before COVID-19 pandemic hit. Uh, he stated that he will not be part of the anime convention community in the future. So this convention launched in 2013 as the Northeast's newest large-scale anime convention and was hosted every summer from 2013 to 2019. The 2020 event was postponed to 2021 due to the pandemic, and now the entire thing is canceled. People have told me PsychoCon was basically like the animal house of conventions. That was the best way somebody said it to me. Now, I knew about this about a week or so ago because another friend who's a con former con chair who's still staffs told me about this. And I'm reading it and we're both believing there's got to be more to this story. My thing is this. How are you locked out of your out of your department's email account for months? You mean to tell me that you did nothing to see about getting the password reset or contacting the, the, the company, like the cons IT or holster to get your password reset? You mean to tell me nobody sat there and not sent emails out to panelists and telling them, oh, you're approved and this and that? Something's not right. And the fact that the con chair is falling on the, his sword over this. It sounds like some shit behind the scenes went bad. Well, I'm and I'm actually reading through. Uh, the actual post? It links to the actual yep. um, thing. Mm-hmm. And basically it says, This year's difficulties, including the shutdown of the convention email for several months in 2020, and again in 2021 due to spam reports that caused registration confirmation messages for attendees and merchants to be severely delayed up until this cancellation, which has been a point of justified anger for many attendees and merchants. I know who has been making the span reports against the con email address. Thank you for adding to the difficulties of restoring the convention after the 2020 cancellation. 
and blocking of my ability to message and post on the Facebook profile for several months, again, seemingly from spam reports again the, against the con profile. Messages were locked and all my posts were displaying as being from my personal Facebook, which does not show up on the timeline of anyone that follows the con page. Being locked out of the convention's Instagram since the end of last August, which continues now for some reason, even the Facebook Instagram tech department can't figure out. So this looks like somebody with a vendetta against the convention or the convention chair. Yeah, and I, I, I'll say, you know, I believe I believe that. But some of that, as someone who works has been in IT for twenty years, some of this doesn't add up nor makes sense. So, and I'll just leave it at that. I did want to make a quick correction before mm -hmm. the next article, Ronma. If that's yes, yes. okay. Mm-hmm. I misspoke when I was speaking in the anime magic um, situation. Mm -hmm. um, apparently, the way that they have the schedules, the overflow from 12 a.m. to any events after 12 a.m. actually leads on to the next day's schedule. And so it does look like the convention did have things scheduled for mm. up to 3 a.m. the morning of Saturday and mm -hmm. uh, the morning of Sunday, they had events going until 4 a.m. So it seems like it's an issue with the hotel itself. And I believe that. Uh, that, that does include the drag show actually being scheduled to go until 1 a.m. I just wanted to clarify that for chat so mm -hmm. we are clean and we make sure we're correcting our journalism because right. I would rather be, you know, a journalist who can follow up and make sure that I'm correcting my and, and so true. And, I'll, and again, I'll say this. The fact that the hotel had the cops come in to drag people out. At that point, I knew there was some bull. At that point, I'm like, the hotel is up is up to something. No. And to refer back to the issues with the convention, as Washi Otaku says, it was I, Dio, that sent the spam reports. <laughs> okay, let's see. What else do we what else do we have next? Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about numbers. an event that recently happened. Mm -hmm. So uh, for those who have been going to conventions, I hope that you've been safe and you've been taking care of yourself and making sure that you're doing safe ongoing practices. However, one of my local events happened this past weekend. No, a few weekends ago now. And uh, Otakon reached a total person attendance of over 25,000 attendees. Now, um, before you continue... I'll say, mm -hmm. I actually thought it was 10,000 to 15,000. Because from what people were describing, it was basically empty. It was like, I like to call, if it was that many people, I like to call it the MAGFest effect. Where MAGFest mm -hmm. gets about thirty-five to 40,000 people. But, because of all of the events that are going on, you couldn't even tell it was like that. So, And as Dane well, Osnable says, yeah. it was very spread out. So, you know. Felt like 10, Considering mm -hmm. that the event space actually, I know Otakon uses the full event space. Um, and just to give you guys some blueprints, it's about 2.3 million square feet, um, about 703,000 square feet of an exhibit space and 52,000 square feet of ballroom space. Um, and I don't know full capacity mm -hmm. um, of this uh, people. Let's see. Uh, 42,000 attendees. 
So they were just a little over half of the fire, I guess, fire marshal and building uh, structure, uh, you know, intended amount of attendees that could be in that space in one time. And I'm sure that they were probably still using the hotels and other local locations as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm surprised that they did get as many. Um, mm -hmm. And I've heard mixed reviews of the event. I've heard that they had pretty good enforcement of the mask mandate. Right. I've ha I heard that they had... Um, very little enforcement of it from multiple different sources, but for their first major convention event back in the Washington, D.C. Convention Center since the COVID-19 pandemic started, the staff of the Otakon Convention revealed on Tuesday that the in-person Otakon 2021 event had 25,543 unique memberships, mm. so that means unique people in the turnstile, and the staff noted that despite challenges such as the new coronavirus disease situation and the fact that they basically had 70 days planning prior to the convention the number is down slightly from the 28,430 unique memberships in 2019 Otacorp posted the event on August 6th through 8th at the Walter E. Washington Convention Center in DC and the staff said it was the first major convention to be held as DC reopened the event did require masks in most settings but did not require proof of vaccinations for attendees Otacor stressed that it highly recommended all eligible individuals are vaccinated if attending and the event required masks to be worn at all times for anyone over the age of two, except in certain situations. Mm -hmm. And those situations were while eating or drinking in designated areas for the convenience of having a person's lips read for those deaf or hard of hearing, cosplayers while photos are being taken while socially distanced and presenters during panels while socially distanced. The event did not have any international guests this year due to travel restrictions and mandatory quarantine requirements. And Otakor previously stated that Otakon is dedicated to the safety of its membership and will be following any guidelines via the CDC that may still be effect in time of the convention. The event raised more than $34,000 in donations as of March after requesting donations for the first time in January. The request in January noted that the time of the event may potentially, that at that time, the event may potentially close permanently because of the cancellation of Otakon 2020 and due to the effects of the pandemic. The organization was in a precarious position. Last year's canceled Otakon was originally scheduled for July 31st, August 2nd. And I was sad because it's my birthday weekend mm. at the same convention center. And they held a virtual event on the first. And, and a couple of things here. Now, from what people were telling me that weekend, I actually said there on my personal Facebook that if I had known it was going to be like this, I would have went seriously, you know. If I, hindsight's twenty twenty, if I actually thought about it, I know people who I could have contacted. Like, I want to come down Saturday. Here's like, here's a hundred bucks. I, I'll just crash on the floor. I have my, I ain't, I'm just taking pictures. I, I, I could have done that, you know. Um, and because the thing is, I'm starting to like conventions where i can actually walk around and enjoy i'm not like you know shoulder to shoulder it's you know the crowds and stuff like that and even as dame osnable who was also a uh, panel presenter at otakon she actually mentioned you know the panelists wore masks just to be safe and you gotta understand for those of you who have never been to a, con a convention panel everybody's up as, at towards the front there's at least six to eight feet distance between where the panelists are and where the chairs are. And they still wore masks. And I thought that was a great thing. So I think it's all about like mm -hmm. uniform enforcement and yes. the fact of like staff members being well, like trained to handle it. Because I know that there were still probably quite a few instances where people were, you know, mm -hmm. 
refusing to wear their masks and stuff like that. Well, but I know in the multi-media uh, posts and videos and YouTube things that I saw online, I would say about 80 to 90% of people in the view of the camera, which is quite a lot considering there was over 25,000 people there were wearing masks. Yeah, and from my understanding, and from my understanding, if your mask was off and you wasn't eating or drinking, oh, staff and security got on you about it. So, yeah, and if, I'm sure if yeah. not staff and security, then your fellow convent con goers were probably like, bro. Now, meanwhile, do you even mask? Meanwhile, over on the Dragon Con forums where they're mandating masks, people are just up in arms about, you know, my freedoms. And people are like, well, that well, that means more, more room for me, you know. Or can I buy your badge? Me on, and on the New York Comic Con forums, they're like, my freedoms. Well, I'm not going to this convention. This con has just lost my business. And everyone's like, well, can I buy your badge? <laughs> I, yeah. I, that's, that's the best way to look at it. If you are yeah. mad about restrictions at a con because of health because people are trying to be safe and and all of that let somebody buy your badge that's it you know at least you'll get your money back you know Shoot. and considering that new york is going to be the first state in the nation to enforce you going into private locations and not being vaccinated like not be like having to show that you're vaccinated. Hi, I'm a military brat. I've had to do that my whole damn life. I don't even see, know you, why see, people are complaining. See, that's just you and I get that. But, yeah. you know, there's a couple of people who are not happy about what New York City is doing. And I look at it this way. The reason why New York, it's come down to this in New York City is because ain't nobody else is doing this. You know, nobody else, it, people aren't wearing masks like you're supposed to. Like, I, when I was coming home tonight, there was at least eight, uh, I'd say about eight people on the subway car that I was in. Only two people had masks on. Actually, Four. Two of them were me and another person and two cops. Everybody else is just talking. And I'm just like, you mean to tell me these cops are too busy on their phones to tell people put a mask on? I'm like, what the? F and I, I was actually in no mood to say anything. I just kept giving people, I just kept staring at people. I just stared at people. So. Yeah. And I've been reading a few articles recently too of, situations mm -hmm. where now even doctors and nurses and stuff are getting empathy uh empathy exertion or empathy um was it um they're they're tired of this they're they're tired of the bullshit and they're basically like saying things that are really like really negative like if you haven't done the preparedness you shouldn't be getting lung transplants and stuff and i'm like that's that's doctors and shit saying that and if you've upset your doctors you've done something exactly. wrong and as Washio Taku says, I anticipate the courts to overturn the mayor's vindictive mandates. Won't happen. The courts are going to be... The courts ain't overturning that. Nope. 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 And as Ron before 21 says, some other cities are requiring vaccine passport as well. Good. I am like this. This is all I got to say. If you refuse to wear a mask because you feel it's against your freedoms or you think that the vaccines are a joke or this or that, then you're an asshole. Simple as that. There's no convincing me otherwise. You are the reason why we are in this in this situation that we're in and you don't care about anybody else but yourself. May, may you rot in hell. That's it. That, that, that's, all, that's all I got to say. And if you catch this, you ain't catching no sympathy from me. Anybody that finds out that you caught this and you end up dying from it, everybody's going to make fun of you to your very last breath. And if you don't, and if that's what you want, 
that I don't know what to tell you. And I'm just leaving it at that. And we're going to move yeah, into our next on. topic. Because um, just about everybody here on this show has been affected by COVID-19 one way or another. And we have talked about this on several episodes. But we're going to talk about how people think that there's going to be more to bleach than that one shot. <laughs> oh, man. Everyone's talking about, oh, they can't wait till the next chapter. Yeah, there's no other chapter. So basically, uh, Tine Kubo came back and did a one-shot manga, you know, of Bleach. And it's just left on a, on a cliffhanger. I haven't read it because I'm not that big of a fan of Bleach as I used to be. You know, I used to cosplay Urahara Kisuke. So basically, the new one-shot chapter, I'm just calling it, is 73 pages. And it was released as part of Bleach's 20th anniversary celebration. The story sees the return of Ichigo, who is invited to Soul Society for a certain ceremony. And you see Orihime, Rukia, Renji, plus each couple's children appear too. While the manga has officially been released as a one-shot, its ending leaves many questions to be answered. So, maybe we'll get another shot as an anime adaptation or something like that. So, I don't know. It's 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 going to be quite curious, so, you know. But again, I'm not surprised because everyone gets pissed off at Kubo for the stuff he's done in manga, in the, in the Bleach manga. People were pissed at him on how he ended the manga. I'm just like, are you not surprised? So the fact <laughs> that people are pissed about what was left in the cliffhanger, it's like, are you not surprised? Are you not entertained? <laughs> no, no, we're really not. Uh, can we get the rest of the story? Yep, and now it seems that we have a new Berserk chapter coming. I know a lot of fans are happy about that. Uh, Mako-chan, what's going on with, with Berserk? Yeah, so um, it looks like there is going to be a new Berserk manga uh, chapter that is going to be released on September 10th. Um, this comes as part of a special memorial edition for the late Kentaro Mira. Mm -hmm. uh, the official website for Young Animal announced tonight, uh, which this was on uh, the 11th, uh, that the magazine's next issue will pay tribute to the late Berserk creator Kentaro Mira, who passed away on May 6th due to an acute aortic dissection. The issue, the 18th issue of the year, will feature the next chapter of Mira's Legacy series, as well as a special memorial booklet and special color poster. Um, it was unknown what would happen with the Berserk manga series after the passing of Mira, and after the publishing of the 364th chapter on September 10th, it will still be unknown what will happen to the series. Um, so the memorial booklet is going to be titled Messages to Kentoro Miria. Um, we'll feature messages from his closest friends and colleagues in the manga world. Um, and uh, more uh, Young Animals next issue is set to be released on September 10th in Japan. Mm. I, wonder if I wonder if somebody will pick up the pen and paper and continue the series. I no. wonder if something like that will happen. 
It's possible. Um, I mean, something like this, obviously, uh, you know, acute something mm-hmm. like that. They don't normally know that it's happening. Um, so they can only hope that he had, I guess, plans and everything. Mm-hmm. But if that's not the case, um, it may just end. Bob Coffey says, I bet his assistants will finish it. I hope so. That's possible. Um, but I, I mean, you're talking about one, a series that's been going on for so long. Um, and two, that it, it could be a legacy thing where his assistants will take over. Um, sometimes if there's a child or something coming up, they may take over. It's all going to depend on one, if storyline was already written for what's to come. Um, And two, if everybody is okay with doing something like that, if the storyline isn't already done, because it could be seen as a tribute, but it could also be seen as not wanting to disturb his memory and his legacy. Mm -hmm. So it really could go either way, depending on, you know, what, plans have already you know been put together right that's good all right now that we got that out the way it's time for the part of the show that y'all really stick around for meanwhile in japan and depending on which stories i have some sound effects i can play (laughs) oh my goodness um i will take well since it's sort of my fandom, I'll take the first story. Uh, I guess I'll take the second one. Mm-hmm. And I will take the third one. All right. Perfect. All right. So our first story um, takes us to Universal Studios Japan's Super Nintendo World. And it seems that Goombas were defeated here because the animatronics fell off of Mario Mountain. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know what? I, I think I have to play a different background track for this one. I, I think I have to, because it, it kind of makes a lot more sense. I thought it was a little hill. I thought mm. it was a little display thing. But no, this is legitimately a mountain. And an animatronic falling on you? Like, worst anime death ever. <laughs> let's, okay, let's see if this is the right one. No, not that one. That's not the one that I wanted. It, it, it really isn't. Let's see if it's uh, this one. Close, but not the one that I want. Let's see if I let's see if this is the correct one. Let's see. There we go. That's the one I was looking for. In just about every Super Mario game, the first ball you will encounter is the Lowly Goomba. It's essentially the series tutorial enemy with no method of attack other than waddling slowly towards. I want to lower the music a little bit. It's kind of overpowering you. There we go, sorry. Towards Mario and serving as a target from the jump on to defeat help the player coordinate their muscle memory for the rest of the adventures to come. 
So it's only fitting that the recently opened Super Mario Super Nintendo World theme park section of Universal Studios Japan, the very first enemy to fall are the Goombas. And we mean fall literally. Super Nintendo's world installations include a stacked quartet of Goombas who move back and forth across the platformer-style mountain that serves as the area's backdrop. On Monday morning, they toppled and fell from their perch, crashing down from a height of several meters. And there is video footage, and I may be able to play that. Fortunately, since they fell into an area that's not accessible to guests, no one was struck by the Goombas, which is a relief since real-world humans don't have the luxury of stocking up on extra lives. However, the Goombas did crash land close to the tracks of the Yoshi Adventure Ride, which was temporarily shut down while the staff performed safety inspections. The cause of this accident is still being determined, but strong winds from a typhoon that was passing by the area, though not directly through Osaka, are suspected to have been a factor, though we really shouldn't rule out the possibility of Mario, out of sheer habit, having knocked over his age-old enemies. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Uh, let me see if I can get this to play real quick. Alright. Actually, I don't think I can get this to play at the right time because it's like whole video or whatever. So, oh well. Well, we tried. Sorry about that. Sorry, y'all. Anywho, moving right along. Um, Itchy, I think the next one is yours. Yeah, let's move on from the nightmares that we may indeed be crushed by Goombas instead of our dreams of like bouncing on their heads and getting coinage um yeah let's let's move on to maybe uh uh you know shut up and take my money yeah because honest in this case it could, you know to be perfectly honest i i'd rather deal with a couple of goombas as opposed to a couple of paisans you know I, i've never dealt with either so i'm gonna go with your best judgment <laughs> actually go with mako chan's best judgment it's her cousins Ah, uh, ah. Uh. yes well, uh, this drunk customer I don't think would want to deal with either of them either, uh, as he threw coins at a Tokyo Bento shop and got arrested. Um, I don't think he was playing the right video game, but mm. justice is served to a liquored-up customer who got violent over not getting the service he wanted. Now, for those of you who've never been to Japan, a lot of their monetary things, the yen, are in coin form. So if anybody remembers the dollar coins from back in the 2010s, the early 2000s, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's definitely like that instead of having a lot of paper. Um, so Tokyo's Kitchen Dive is pretty much the perfect example of a crowd-pleasing business. The Tokyo Bento Shop is known for its massive portions, rock-bottom prices, and unpretentious palate-pleasing flavor. And yet, even all that wasn't enough to satisfy a late-night customer who came in during the pre-dawn hours on the morning of the May 25th. When he asked for his bento to be warmed up, the staff told him they couldn't accommodate him due to contact-limiting policies in place as coronavirus precautions. The man flew into a rage, and in addition to insults like, You're garbage. I make as much money in a month as you do in a year. 
The staff had coins and bills flung at them, which is never a polite way to render payment. Kitchen Dive posted its security camera footage of the incident, which went viral as and was shown on multiple TV news programs in Japan. Shortly thereafter, the man who had thrown the money returned to Kitchen Dive with a gift and an apology, neither of which the management was in any mood to accept, instead telling the man to turn himself into police. The man did so, and after a month of investigating, he's now been placed under arrest, as Kitchen Dive reported in a tweet accompanied with, for some reason, a bunch of cute teddy bears. That was uh, nice. Quoted from the post with the adorable teddy bear pictures, as you can look at... Um, in the article, the drunk person who came into Kitchen Dive's main Kamedo branch in the middle of the night and assaulted our staff has been arrested. We can't say any more than that since the investigation is ongoing, but we wanted to inform everyone. Surprisingly, the man who threw the money works in a restaurant industry himself as an owner-manager in a follow-up tweet. Uh, Kitchen Dive said that one of his employees anonymously contacted either the restaurant or the police to reveal his identity leaving Kitchen Dive wondering how horrible a, a boss must be to his own workers. Online mm. commenters were unanimously happy to see justice being served, uh, quoted as saying online, been waiting for this. Congratulations on the criminal being arrested and a thank you to the police who carried it out. A bento shop is a place to buy bento, not a place to go buck wild. <laughs> Can't let shits like him get away with acting that way. Throw the book at him. In the video of the incident, the person who threw the money was accompanied by one other man who also tried to intimidate the staff as a pair and challenged the workers to step outside for a fistfight. Do the Japanese language not ordinarily differentiating between the words person and people? It is unclear from Kitchen Dive's report whether one or both men have been arrested, but even if it's just the one who actually threw the money, hopefully his companion will be better behaved from now on. And yeah, I I, I feel bad for all of my frontline and and you know, uh, specific essential workers who have to deal with people who apparently have been locked up just long enough that they don't know how to behave themselves in mm -hmm. public. It's just, that's just, you know. <laughs> Questbuster got it right on the nose. No shirt, no shoes, no buckwild bento service. <laughs> Sir, this is a Chili's. Well, I only have one thing to say about that, so... As the saying goes, the more you know... There needs to be a shooting star now. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll find that gif. We'll find that gif and it'll be like a little bink. <laughs> Alright, and our last story... I mean, our Meanwhile in Japan story of the night... Yes, yeah, so I don't know how many people may have heard about this, uh, but um, following the Japanese women's softball team's gold medal, gold medal victory, the left-handed pitcher Miyu Goto returned to a hero's welcome in her hometown of Nagoya. This included meeting the mayor, Takashi Kawamura, who wanted to convey his congratulations in person, in person, um, but was kind of an idiot in how he did it. Uh, during the meeting, uh, Goto naturally showed the mayor her gold medal 
and the 72-year-old politician promptly stuck it into his mouth and bit it, imitating the common photo op pose struck with the Olympic hardware. Um, What he failed to properly understand, though, was that it's supposed to be the athletes themselves biting their medals, and that not only is slobbering all over someone else's belongings gross, doing so in the middle of a pandemic is dangerous, too. You think? Yeah. Uh, With the bite caught on camera, the mayor has been facing a wave of criticism, not just for his oral infraction, but also for asking Gotu if members of the softball team are allowed to date and encouraging her to find yourself a good husband. Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) During his regularly scheduled press conference, uh, he spoke of how he's trying to make amends, saying that on August 13th, he attended a course on harassment awareness and that he's come to understand that his remarks to Gotu were inappropriate. He will also be forfeiting three months of his salary, which works out to be about $13,640. While voluntary resignation um, often follows political scandals, he stated he wishes to continue serving as mayor while reiterating his previously made apology, saying, I have caused discomfort to go to and the people of the country and will practice greater self-discipline. It is, however, unclear whether the mayor's forfeited salary will be donated to a charitable cause or simply remain in the city's coffers. Using it to pay for a replacement medal would seem like the most natural application, uh, but the athlete herself seems to be attached to the one that was presented to her as she stood with her teammates at the Olympics, even if it spent some time in the mayor's mouth. And for anyone who wants to know, a gold medal from the Olympic uh, gold medal that, that to replace one is about 870 U.S. dollars. That's a lot of money. But and it's interesting. I have a friend that lives in Nagoya. I wonder what she thought of this. And honestly, I don't think the mayor should retire over something like this. I mean, resign. But it's completely understandable if he does. No, because I believe, you know, I believe some people are entitled to learn from their mistakes. I think he can learn from this, you know. Now, let's say he sat there and bit everybody's Olympic medals and was groping this. Yeah, yeah, resign. Resign. There's no, there's no turn, there's no coming back from that. Just quit while you're behind, you know. I feel like in this situation, he must have just gotten really excited and did it without thinking about it. But as we know, Japanese culture, you know, it's one of those things where if you do something shameful, oh, you're no, definitely yeah, no. going to get reamed. No, I, I, I totally get that. And now that we got that out the way, shall we wrap up the show tonight? Yes. Yeah, we're not doing too bad on science, but I think if we wrap up, we'll be doing good. Sounds good. So, if you like the show, tell a friend. They in turn tell another friend, and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. We do this for the fun of it, and we tell you how it is. If you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. 
don't forget to check out our website at AnimeJamSession.com where you will find our weekly podcasts, anime reviews, editorials, cosplay interviews, cosplay tips and tricks, links to our uh, to our um, YouTube of convention coverage, and links to our Facebook of convention photos. All that and then some at AnimeJamSession.com. And don't forget, you can take the show on the go with you. Uh, look us up on any podcasting app like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Just search Anime Jam Session. Over 500 episodes going back 10 plus years. Some good, some bad, some a little chaotic, but we have fun with it. So, And if you can, drop us a little note in there, like a review. We greatly appreciate that. And don't forget to follow us on our social medias on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Our YouTube page for our convention coverage, our Facebook page for our convention photos, and our Twitter to let you know when we have updates and when we're going live and other cool stuff and then some. And don't forget our tip chart down below. Links to our to our Streamlabs account, our Ko-Fi. Um, we love it when you drop bits in the chat. Every little bit counts. And we also love it when, when you auto-host us. We really appreciate that too. So... We're going to go around the room. Last words, Mako-chan. I am going to enjoy going to sleep. Mm. Last words, Ichigo. I'm going to get ready to sew. Have a good night, y'all. I am going to catch up with Love Live Superstar. I think I'm like two episodes behind. But that is it. End of list. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Hopefully Ari will be joining us. I also want to shout out a special thanks to Dame Osnable for joining us in chat tonight. Um, she runs her own stream Thursdays at 11 p.m. Eastern Eastern Daylight Time, which is 8 p.m. Pacific uh, Daylight Time. It's uh, twitch.com slash convention tea. She does convention reviews and reports, games and then some, so definitely check her out and show Dame a little bit of love. So, And as Ronma421 says, I knew Mako-chan was going to bring up sleep. See, that's a sucker bet right there. So, Anywho, we're going to get up on out of here. So, I'm Ronma. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigo. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Say goodnight, Mako-chan. Say goodnight, Mako-chan. Goodnight, Mako-chan. Perfect. We're out of here. See you next week. of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol-whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, dammit! For transcripts of this episode, start typing! Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!